you know, I fit, I felt itty bitty tiny where there was no force to the trees, where there was no light. I've been there depressed, upset, um, angry, resentful. I've been there. And that's where when you're there, it's hard to see anything. And that's why one of the things is just getting out there and doing what you got to do. And it's the hardest thing. I mean, you know, it's like, it's like telling somebody to go to the gym that hasn't been in the gym in two, in two years. You know, I got to, I will go to the gym. Yeah. I don't hate the gym. I don't want to go to the gym and you have to physically force yourself to go. You know what I mean? And that's what we have to do a lot of times is physically force ourselves. There's no easy breezy. There's no tea that I can give you. That's going to get you to do something. There's no pill. Uh, it's the fact that I want more. And I need to know more and I need more knowledge and I need, and I need that. And I think that's where we go and make changes, you know? Hello everyone. And welcome to the being inspired radio show. I am your host, Amanda Johnson. And today we are in store for another delightful treat with our guest today. She has celebrities in front of her often on her show. And now I feel like I get to be the one interviewing the celebrity or at least she feels like one to me. And once you get to know her and, and know what she's about and see the work that she's doing in the world, I think you might agree. But what I do know is that this conversation is sure to in, enlighten, inspire, uplift, bring something into your awareness that you have maybe long forgotten or have uh, just recently forgotten. And so listen to what we discuss and, and share and feel the inspiration in your own body, tuning into what it is that you were meant to hear in our conversation today. Today, I have a very special guest, Ashley Burgess, dedicated to advocating a powerful and practical perspective for people. Ashley Burgess, radio personality and talk show host of Live Your True Life Perspectives, shares the necessary tools to elevate and inspire others. The highly regarded life coach and licensed therapist is now the creator and host of a top-rated Amazon series, The Celebrity Perspective, for which she has recently won a Telly Award. Her syndicated radio show airs in over 40 markets, both nationally and internationally. Burgess is also the author of the celebrated books, Live Your True Life, and her latest, The 10-Day Challenge to Live Your True Life, the guidebook for busy people in hopes of valuable changes. Having dealt with many challenges throughout the years, her perseverance through it all has become an inspiration for others. And that last line gives me goosebumps. So welcome to the show, Ashley. Glad to be here. How are you doing, sweetheart? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm really looking forward to our conversation, getting to know you better, getting to share your message and your insight and wisdom with this audience today. So thanks so much for taking the time. Yeah. So we're going to be, we're going to talk about what it means to live your true life. Um, obviously, this is a passion of yours. This is the message that you are sharing with the world. And it sounds like in many capacities in many different ways, whether that's on your show, as a coach, in your books, as a therapist. And I'm really looking forward to unpacking that a bit more and really revealing the the treasure of wisdom that is underneath it all. And what I like to do as I start off these shows is ask a very open-ended question. It's a simple question and yet not always an easy question to answer. But the question is, why do you do what you do? Wow. That's a great question. Um, well, the reason why I think we do what we do in life is because we love what we do, right? We have a calling toward it. Um, we realize those types of things. And then, you know, the reason why I do what I do though directly is when I was a young kid, I used to write 
um, philosophy for my mom to read. And she would read all this stuff. And, you know, I was throughout middle school and high school. Um, I actually ended up being in the top 10 in national debate. And so I would write, uh, I would write basically like concepts of defining justice and social ramifications based on certain resolutions. And my poor mom would read this stuff. God bless her. Um, and I realized that this was great and political stuff was really a great idea. And the idea of justice was really cool, but I really started realizing the human condition was very important. And I realized that the only way that we can get through this life is based on the fact that we have to have answers. And most of us have more questions than answers, right? Because we don't have the information we need. Uh, our parents raised us the best we can for most of us. Um, but given that, our parents only knew a certain amount of stuff too because they were taught from their parents and their parents were only privy to a certain amount of stuff. So if we're only privy to a certain amount of stuff, and we're not happy with our life where it is, we have to get the knowledge. And so that has been a lifelong journey I've been on to find all that knowledge, to understand it, to take it in, to change my life, and to help other people be able to how to take their life and increment this cool information in and get rid of all that other toxic stuff that's no longer helping them, and then to live the life that they've always wanted to live. Mm. I love that. And I absolutely adore. I, I I love that you went back to your childhood because I'm it's no longer surprising me that this this question can often elicit a response that takes us back to our childhood. Right. That's often where we establish this belief system or view of the world. Um, something in our own experience creates this longing or this desire um, to experience life in a different way or in a certain way. And especially for you, I hear that the, that that search for knowledge, for answers, that curiosity, the wanting to understand things, and of course that really driving you and being a source of inspiration and a, a source of motivation for you, I imagine, throughout your life. And it sounds like from debate stages to now here you are hosting a show where you get to, you know, pick people's brains, right? And find out uh, how they work and what makes them tick. I love that. I love that so much. Why do you, so talk about that. So you, you believe, you understand we, we, most of us have more questions than answers, right? So um, what is your mission now in terms of how you've brought all of these things, your past experiences with this desire for knowledge and answers together? What is it you're, you're hoping to do or what's your intention with all of that? Well, you know, my biggest intention is to educate folks and to awaken them to who they are. I, I think that I know where I came from um, growing up. I had a very low self-esteem and that low self-esteem contributed to the problems in my life. Um, and and it's, that's a common thing. You know, most of us have a low self-esteem. We have a low self-worth. We don't understand unconditional love. We were raised in families with conditional love. You know, it was based on what have you done for me yesterday? What's the, you know, what grade did you get on the math test? Did you win the basketball game? And the list goes on. And unfortunately, it's not that our parents were horrible people. It's the fact that they didn't know any better because that's the kind of love that they got as well. You know, and I, and I visit with clients and in my office and uh, it's interesting how a lot of them dealt with the concept of gifts being given. So the gift was the was the source of love a, a, a source of love and it's very interesting and so I think that a lot of us were misguided and I feel like the only way you can play a game in life is if you know the rules so like you know if you and I were playing this game and the rules changed every minute and there was nothing written down and we're just like going willy-nilly with it I mean it one it's confusing two who really wins and three 
what are we really doing? And I think that's where most of us are. Are There is no guidelines to life. There is no um, handbook to life, so to speak. And so how are we supposed to be successful in something that we're not given the tools to be successful? And so that's where I am at. That's where my crossroads are, is to help people find out how what they've been living with, okay, what they want versus what they've been dealing with, and then how to get there and give them the actual tools to get there, the actual truthful tools, you know, that have been figured out over lots of time, and then be able to contribute that way so that we can walk the journey of life instead of rushing to get to the next level saying, well, I'll be happy when I do X, Y, Z, or when I get this job and this promotion, then I'll have uh, the name title behind me that I'll feel good about myself. Or if I just get married and have kids, or if I just start a family, you know, then I'll feel better about myself. I'll feel loved. And I think many of us are in that trajectory right now where it's, I will do this when. I will get happier when I will be grateful when, and I just think that we're going to do that until the end. And then the end's going to come. And then there's going to be all this regret. Why did I live my life this way? And so I'm basically helping people to stop them to ever have that regret so that we don't ever go down that pathway. And um, <clears throat> that's what I want to do. So that's yeah. kind of from A to B. <laughs> A to infinity. I love it. And I, I love again, the, the coming back from where we start off, we, we, we are conditioned programmed. Thank you for acknowledging our parents are doing the best they can. We do the best we can, right? If we can see that in our parents, we can see that in ourselves and vice versa. So thanks for that reminder. And then tell us more, what is this as you've been studying and learning and working with individuals? And of course, most importantly, as you've worked on the work yourself, right? Because of course we can't, I don't believe we can't teach what we haven't yet learned ourselves. We are teaching what we learn. So what, what is that guidebook? So there isn't a handbook to life, but what have you started to pick apart and go, yeah, all right, these are, these are my tenets or these are my, my rules that I'm going to play by. Can you share some of those with, with us? Well, yes, I can. And I actually, my latest book, the 10 day challenge to live your true life is that, okay. So what I did is <clears throat> years and years ago. So I actually will be married 16 years, um, this summer. So congratulations. Cool. So prior to that, um, before I met my husband, the last person that I dated and I was engaged to, I gave back the engagement ring and I gave them a hug and they weren't very happy with me. I don't think they hugged back. And I moved into my own place and they moved, we moved out. I moved into my own place. They, I don't know what happened really on that end. And I realized that the problem with each one of these relationships, all the ones I've been in, was not just the other person. I realized the problem was also me. And so I decided that I was going to take a year off from dating and a year off from sex. And I know people go, oh, my God, a year. What the heck are you trying to do? Um, but I took that whole year off and I got to know who I was. And in the very beginning of this experience, it was really painful. It was excruciating. It was um, I had like the death grip on my phone hoping that somebody would call me to ask me to go do something because I wanted to get away from me because I was stuck with me, just me on my own, just me. And I said, what am I going to do? And so I had to work through that pain and suffering. And so the 10 day challenge is all about that. It's all about, I started off with realizing I didn't have any boundaries in any relationships whatsoever. Okay. So that was the first thing. 
And a lot of times people think that a boundary is like throwing the grenade, you know, over the fence line and saying, I will not deal with this anymore. It's not, it's really not that. It's what we want to deal with in life and what we won't deal with in life. And so we just have to have those perimeters set so we know when some, you know, if somebody does this, do we co-sign on it or do we not co-sign on it? And we got to do it right every time because we can't just co-sign on certain things and then come back and say, I don't agree with that. And I can't believe they're stepping on my boundaries. You got to be consistent. And that was the first thing I figured out. The second thing I figured out were negativity and the energy suckers that I was hanging out with and also going within me to see what I, what those folks were mirroring in me. And so it continues. And I talk about expectations, you know, about how expectations are overrated and how we expect everything to be a certain way. Anything from, you, you know what I'm saying. Okay. So Amanda, you, you go on a trip, right? You, you, uh, you and you and folks are looking at a trip to go on vacation and you start looking at like TripAdvisor and you're looking at all these different sites and you, you book the, you book the hotel or the Airbnb or whatever. And you're looking at the pictures and you show up. And it's not, it's like, were these pictures taken in 1975? You know what I'm and you're like, this is horrible. And, and, and you're like, and the beach is across the street. That, that's, that wasn't part of the thing, you know? And it's a really busy road that, you know, people almost die on every year. And you're thinking, this is, this is the only vacation I take this whole year. And this is not at all what I expected. Beaches across the street. It's a public beach with everybody on it. I mean, we have to cross this busy road. This place is like built in 1952 and you start getting that whole I don't like being here I'm not happy with being here I can't believe I left my work to do this and so it takes so long to overcome that hump of expectations and overcoming that and so think about how often we do that in our own life with everybody and everything expecting them to do something and how we get let down so bad when they aren't the person that we envision them to be, or they don't do what they said they were going to do or what we think that they will do. Yeah. And so that's one of the biggest things too. And so each part of this book is based on the refinement of what I had to do by discovery and error, error. Just nobody was there. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I didn't have anybody there to help. And so I was basically forging around in a room with the light off going, okay, let's see if I can figure this out. And that's, and so through time, that's when I figured out how to write this. And then I went through each one of the protocols. And so I'm basically taking someone through that boot camp that I created for myself that I was successful in doing. And so that's why I can help other people be successful. Because if I wasn't successful, then I can't, I can't really offer any information, you know. That's right. We, once we're able to first see the, the changes within ourselves, uh, then we can come from this very integrated, grounded, sincere place, an honest place, a truthful place, right? Of saying, hey, it, this is, and then this to me is why we each have our own messages and our own unique perspectives to share, right? Because even though you may be experiencing and teaching and sharing and you worked through something that, I don't know, Joe Schmo down the block is also talking about, the, the reality, the, the the important distinction is that Joe Schmo didn't experience it the way you did. And therefore Joe Schmo won't say it the way you did. I used this analogy the other day and it, it was, it, it felt like a divine guided analogy because I thought, whoa, where'd that come from? But it's as if um, this comes to when we, when I'm, you know, I'm a writer, I work with a lot of writers, but it goes the same for anything we want to share in the world. 
often we get, I know I got stuck with this. Well, who am I to say this? It's been said a thousand, 10,000, a million times before me, right? Well, at the end of the day, when we think of music, there are only so many keys on a keyboard, right? On a piano, so many strings on a guitar. You could use any instrument, but I chose the piano. And if you imagine that while there's, a, there's only so many notes, Think of all the various songs that have been created and played. They're all using the same keys and the same notes, right? So it's not like they're coming up with a whole new set of keys. They are utilizing the same tone, the same key, the same pitch, and they are the way they are expressing that is in a limitless amount of uh, amount of ways. Just like when we share a story, or you share a message, or you have guidelines that lead your life, they may. They may resemble these other notes that someone else has been playing, but the way you've put them together is in a different sequence, a different chord progression, whatever you want to say. So I want to offer that because I think a lot of us, I know I went through this, we either question our own um, worth in that way of who am I to say something or share something or teach something. Equally, I think it's important to remind all of us that yes, we will hear the same three notes over and over throughout our lives, but we're going to hear them in different variations. And eventually one of them is going to resonate with our inner, you know, know, our inner musical body. It's going to like literally like line up and click into place. So those of you listening might be hearing Ashley say something that you've probably heard, maybe you've heard it before, but now she says it and it's like, ah, ah, yes. So I love that. That was my tangent for today. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love your tangent. Oh, great. Good. So, so yes, you, you, you went through the dark, you found your way, you, you, you kind of fumbled and experimented and eventually you came up with these 10, I mean, specifically here, you came up with 10 things that are, that really guided you to living your true life. And now what, 16 years later, congratulations in a marriage. How well, can you, I, 18 and a half years later after I went through the process, but yeah. Sheriff. Great, perfect, and 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 it's a, now a long-standing relationship with this new, this new person, which is wonderful. My my question to you, and I like to ask this to help paint the picture for those listening. You know, giving a sense of kind of that's what your life was before. You know, low self-esteem, or maybe there's some more you want to share there. But what does life look like? after. And I know we're still in it. This is an, you know, an eternal journey. It's not like we were done, but how does your life feel different now than it did 18 years ago or even five years ago? It's, it's interesting. You know, so my self-esteem issues rooted in a situation. So I was born with a condition that nobody understood a health condition. Um, I was in and out of the hospital 300 days plus a year. Um, and eventually my parents, even though they didn't really have the finances, um, we had to actually get a doctor uh, that would actually be at the house and take care of. So it, it got pretty bad. And so I, I dealt through that for a large part of my life. And so I had experimental surgeries done on me beginning as early as in high school. I was almost killed on the operating table three times. Um, when you go through something like this, and first off, there's no diagnosis. So nobody, every, everybody's fumbling on what it is. That's a problem. The other thing is that you're different from everybody else. The other thing is that when, at least around me, there were no kids going through any physical ailments around me. Okay. So there you go. So you got all that going and you're trying to live a normal life and you're trying not to tell people about it either. Cause it's not something that you're proud of. So you keep it all bottled in. Right. And so, um, that's where my self-esteem issues were rooted in. 
Okay. And so I didn't even get a, I did not even get a diagnosis till I was 19 years old, an actual real diagnosis. And then when I was finally diagnosed, you know, they said there was about 180 people in the world. So again, now you got this other thing too, that it's like, wow, how did this happen? How did I get the lucky person, you know, that won that lottery? And so that really messes with your, it messes with your, the way you view yourself. It, it messes, because you start telling yourself if I was really valuable, then I would be healthy. Mm-hmm. You start, you see, you see how the trajectory goes. And so that negative broken record begins which I talk about that a lot. And then you start talking about that. If I was really a good person or if God really had good intent for me, then I would have become in here as X, Y, Z. So that's where I think, and I think a lot of your listeners can probably connect with that. You know, whether you're dealing with, you know, anything, cancer, anything that people are going through that really takes away from the quality of life. And it also takes away from your identity because you begin to, to question your identity. And so that's where my, cause I think, I think you, your listeners deserve to know that. And that's, yeah. that's kind of the direction of where I came from. And that's the deep stuff that started at such a young age that caused that break, you know, in the spirit to some degree at a young age. And so, and I think a lot of folks can understand that and a lot of people can resonate with that. I think it's very similar when you're in a broken home and you're having an abusive parent. Um, and, And as a child, you don't understand why you're being abused. You don't understand why you're being beaten. You don't understand why this is happening because you're just a child and you're trying to walk through this and you're walking on eggshells and you're trying to do whatever you can and, and, and that really ruins somebody's self-esteem, you know? And so I, I think, I think all these things, and I think your listeners are going through so many different things and, and I don't, I don't want we don't have enough time for me to label every single thing, but I really think that that is something that we get challenged through. And then that happens to be what we have to walk through as adults. As you said, we're infinite, you know, we're infinite, but to make this lifetime worth living, what am I going to do to augment that in the beginning? Beautiful. And we're going to get to then what happened on the other side of it. And I want to first honor you, Ashley, for sharing that. And absolutely, I know I'm resonating, even though my life was, my life experience was completely different. And I'm I'm not going to even pretend to know what you went through. Equally, there is a, I'm at a point where I believe at the end of the day, we we are all connected. And so while you have Gosh, wow, one of 180 people in the world. That's a very unique <laughs> predicament, a very unique experience. So I'm not going to claim that as mine, even um, uh, although I can say, mm-hmm, I still understand what it feels like to have low self-esteem, to feel separate, to not understand. And I'm going to point this out and then I'm going to let you continue. At the beginning when we said, you know, why do you do what you do? And you talked about this um, wanting to understand things, this, this drive and motivation to have the answers. Well, no kidding. Of course, that's your mission. Because at a very, very young age, there were none. There literally was no explanation for what was going on in your life and how confusing and frustrating and, oh, uh, that must have been. And of course, and I'm going to sit here and say, and thank you, for going through all of that and surviving it and being here to now share that story and to help others understand things because that's what you've been gifted here with is that that mission 
So keep telling the story. How is it, how is life different? How, how, what does it mean to you now to live your true life? What does that look like? You know, that's a great question. You know, what to me that is, is, um, you know, I've walked through the self-esteem stuff. I've checked the broken record. I've let it go. I've changed my life mantra. I've uh, taken my life back in my own hands. I've stopped giving power to other people. I, uh, and, and it really began, I, I remember the turning point. Uh, I was doing experimental surgeries up in Colorado. And I remember the turning point like it was yesterday. Um, they told me it'd be about 60 surgeries. They were going in under full anesthesia and injecting uh, ethanol throughout my body to cause thrombosis. And um, anyway, so the, I was going up there for the, I think it was the second or third treatment. And I walked in and I saw there was only, there's not a lot of people with the condition. So it's not like there's a lot of people there, but there was about three people in the waiting room and he's the specialist in the country. And uh, there was a gentleman there and he, he was getting very angry. And he was talking to the lady uh, behind the glass, you know, that was, you know, checking people in. And he said, I want my dialogue and I want my medication. I'm in pain. And he's yelling about this morphine and he's yelling. And, and so I started talking and I said, um, what's going on? He said, I'm in pain. Okay. And I, I, I need to get some help. And I said, I get it. I said, uh, I'm here because I, you know, I want to take care of this. And so we had this conversation and I, I think quickly enough, they whisked me out of there to go back to the doctor because I don't think they wanted a mob scene. <laughs> and so I was talking to the doctors and we had a disagreement. Um, and they, and I, I said, we were talking, I said, the gentleman outside is talking about pain. And I said, I've, I have had a handicap sticker on my car. I can't walk that far. I'm, I'm in pain. I can't even go to concerts or water parks or anything because I can't park close enough to get there and I said so I'm here for the pain and they said we thought you were here because you were deformed and that's when it, it hurt so bad and I can remember like it was yesterday and they said let's go on and schedule the surgery tomorrow after the angiograms and after the MRIs and I walked out of there and I walked out to the parking lot and we had driven all the way from Texas to Colorado and um <clears throat> And I, and, this, and I was actually, you know, with my husband now, but he was a boyfriend at the time. He was, we weren't married. And I looked at him. I said, well, what do I do? And I said, you know what? I want to go. And he said, what do you mean? We drove all the way up here. I go, I want to go back to Dallas. I'm done with this. And so I walked back in. I got my MRIs and we got back in the car and I quietly sat a whole way back. And um, I realized I was going to take over my life. And I said, because I didn't come here because of a look, I came here because of pain. And so that's when I changed my entire life trajectory. And I said, what am I going to do in my life? What am I going to create in my life? And I'm not going to wait for other people to do it anymore. And I found, because I think my whole life was waiting for people to decide things for me. And will this surgery happen? And, and will we get this diagnosis? Will this work out? Will this happen? And I finally, I finally gave up on that. And I think in, in, in a way, a lot of us are doing that in our marriages. We're doing that in our family. If our family makes this decision, we'll do this. If my wife makes this decision, we'll do this. If my boyfriend decides he wants to get married, then we'll get married. But I'm going to wait for him to make that decision. We're all waiting on other people to decide things when in reality, we've just put our life on hold. And that's the key, I think, of what we all need to look at is where are we putting our life on hold right now? Mm. So powerful tremendously yes tremendously powerful and and i love how you connected that to how we're all doing it again we may not have what you have we may not be living the life that you are are living and yet we can all 
we can all relate to that. May I ask, Ashley, is this, is this something you still deal with today? Yes. The, the, okay. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not gone. Uh, I'm, okay. learning, I'm learning how to live with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is something that I have. Um, and I've decided that there's a way around it. And see, I was taking everybody else's considerations of what they thought was the way I had to live my life, you know, but they didn't take into consideration the fact of getting right with it. The fact of working with your diet, the fact of trying to, um, create muscle to defer the pain that you're having to, to do the things that you necessarily need to do. Now, I never knew that it was really going to work out the way that I planned. You know, it was a great idea, you know what I'm saying? But I never thought it was going to actually work, you know? And so, um, one day I called my doctor and I said, you know, Hey, I've been working on this plan. I've gotten a trainer. I've changed my diet. I'm working on this. I'm getting off all medication that they put me on. I'm doing this whole cleanse thing. And uh, I said, give me one more year with the, with the, uh, handicap sticker, but I need, I need to re up for one more year. And he's like, Ashley, I'm going to write you one for, for a lifetime. It, it just, you just need to go in there and get it and stop doing this. You go every year, you get one, you will refuse to get the five year. You refuse to get the lifetime one. you just need to go get it. And I said, no, I want one year, just one year. So I got the one year, which at the time was a red, it was like a red placard. And uh, I got the one year one and he was arguing with me. He's like, I don't understand why you do that. And literally I was able to get rid of that handicap sticker before the end of that year was up. And so that, that changed my life too. But I was no longer waiting on other people to make decisions. You see what I'm saying? Because, and and, and their reasoning for what they were choosing was different than mine. And I think a lot of times we're not aligned with the people that we give all this power to. So our sole purpose of life is one way and we're here on this planet to do something. But when other people interfere, well, wait, when we allow other people to interfere, right? Cause they're not really interfering. I mean, we're either giving them the power or not. You know, when people say, well, it was because of them or they did this to me. And you're just like, I, I've been there. I understand that. I get it. But we're not the victim. We're only the victim if we choose to identify with the victim. And, and, and then a lot of us are identifying with the savior complex, right? I got to, I got to save them. I got to save their life. Oh, their life is so bad. I want to save it. But it's, you sit there and you go, well, why aren't you looking at your own life? Right. That's the key. And that, and so that's a lot of stuff that I, I learned. And so when I took my life back, it wasn't easy. It was a lot. It was challenging. Um, there was days that I woke up that, you know, I woke up with a lot of pain and I was down on myself. Um, I I remember the worst experience I had real quick is I, I got sick and anytime that you're already dealing with something and then you get sick, I'm sure some of your listeners know it's scary. And it is a real black hole of experience because you get there and you're working so hard up that hill and then all of a sudden you get ill or something and it just can wipe your, it can wipe out that emotional all that work. And it's, it has nothing to do with you, but it's just like, it's so raw, you know, that nerve is so raw. And so, yeah, those were the times where you started questioning yourself. And those are the times that you're like, this is stupid. I can't believe I've done this. This is, you know, but then eventually you get back on the path and you say, okay, we got through that. Let's move on, you know? And thank you for sharing the, the realness of it, right? Because I think sometimes we can get it in our head on our path. And first I want to I first want to commend you for taking it into your own hands. Many people in your situation could say all 180 of you <laughs> uh, could say oh, I'm the I'm a victim. 
I mean, really, you didn't choose this. You didn't ask for this. You weren't, you know, walking down the street one day and be like, oh yeah, I'll take some of that, right? Like, and, and, and yet, this is why I love talking to individuals like yourself. You are inspiring because you are willing to say, despite this, I am not a victim. And not only that, but now I'm willing to say, I'm willing to pave my own path forward through this. I am willing to tune in, listen to my guidance and whether, I don't know, however you perceive that, if it's God, if it's your inner knowing, if it's the universe, whatever it is, you're willing to get quiet enough to go, okay, I will trust that over experts, over doctors. And I'm not saying there's not a place for those individuals because of course there is. To your point, do they resonate with what you, your soul desires? And if they don't, are you willing to say, thank you and no, I'm going to keep going. And your story about the handicap placard gave me chills. What a testament to really standing in it and not wavering. Equally, thank you for sharing when you do waver because that also is going to happen. So anyone listening, it's, it's not like, okay, now I've forged ahead. I've got my path. I'm listening. Easy peasy. Nothing ever goes wrong. I never doubt myself again. Like, no, those moments happen. I mean, I, I'll raise my hand. I have, again, very different path trajectory and one that is listening to myself, trusting myself, maybe living a life unlike how others might live it. And that doesn't mean I am immune to doubt. Holy moly, right? It still comes up. So how do you handle it? How do you navigate it? Ashley, that's absolutely beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Oh, we always, we we fall down. You know, we fall down. It's just the way it is, but uh, you can't have it any other way, you know? And, and, and I think some of the stuff we go through too, if you get really deep on stuff, I, I, I wonder, you know, if we're, if we're really high evolved soul beings, I mean, who's to say that we didn't make choices before we came? 100%. You know? And so that means that we were in guidance the whole time, um, but we had to realize that guidance and then we had to realize our choices and then we had to get out of the, re- the of the reality that we create a lot of times on this on this planetary scenario. You know what I'm saying? Because we don't think that we're that valuable. We don't think we're that powerful. And and I get it. I've been there. I felt itty bitty tiny. You know, I fit. I felt itty bitty tiny where there was no forest through the trees, where there was no light. I've been there, depressed, upset. Um, angry, resentful. I've been there. And that's where when you're there, it's hard to see anything. And that's why one of the things is just getting out there and doing what you got to do. And it's the hardest thing. I mean, you know, it's, it's like telling somebody to go to the gym that hasn't been in the gym in two, in two years. You got to go to the gym. Yeah. I don't hate the gym. I don't want to go to the gym. And you have to physically force yourself to go. You know what I mean? And that's what we have to do a lot of times is physically force ourselves. There's no easy breezy. There's no tea that I can give you that's going to get you to do something. There's no pill. Uh, it's the fact that I want more and I need to know more and I need more knowledge and I need, and I need that. And I think that's where we go and make changes, you know? Yes. So well said. Thank you. I'm going to ask everyone listening, if you need to rewind, you know, hit that 30 second back a couple of times and listen to what Ashley just said another time or two, please do. But before we close out completely today, I do want to ask you a few closing questions that I ask each of my guests. And then we're going to make sure that everyone knows how to find you and get in touch with you because for sure, somebody out there, maybe many, um, 
are, are resonating deeply with what you're saying. And I want to make sure they know how to, how to get in touch and, and find out more and learn more from you. So the first question I ask each of my guests is, who is a source of inspiration for you and why? Wow. <laughs> um, I, the only answer I have to that one is God. That's it. I mean, I have a lot of folks. I mean, you're an inspiration. Um, there's a lot of folks out there that are also inspirations as well. But I mean, on the level of that, I, I think it's about realizing that we are all part of something. And I, I consider it God. People can consider it whatever they want. I, I'm not trying to say one thing or another. I'm not pushing any religion at any sort. But um, I think that's what binds us all together. Like you said in the very beginning of the show, we're all connected. Well, we're all connected because of this. And I don't think that God is a man or a woman. I think it's this, 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 this life force. Um, that's within all of us. And then we can seek to find that within ourselves. And I think that's what we are. I think we're, I think we're living this life. I think we're pieces of God living a life on this planet and we have an identity on this planet. And then we go back into the, the full spectrum again. But I think that's, and that's an interesting word that I use spectrum, but, um, I think that's, I think that's where I would have to go with that. And that's, and I meditate every night and I, focus on on a certain type of meditational prayer and it's been invaluable to me and it, and it there was a time when I didn't I, I believed in it but I didn't really believe in it and then there and then it kind of came all full circle when it's the aha moment you know aha <laughs> you're like okay this is it I get it I don't have to explain it to everybody but I get it I had to come to Jesus conversation we're all good you know and uh, I think I think many of us get that wake-up call it's just are we ready to are we ready to accept it mm. Oh, yes. Ooh, really good. Thank you for that answer, Ashley. What place or activity most inspires you right now? Um, activity? I'm actually trying to figure out how to relax. So that's one of the activities I'm learning. <laughs> that's I'm really inspired by. Um, very hard when you start working really hard and you're doing stuff, it's hard to relax. And it's interesting. It really is a, it is something that we all have to do. Okay. And that's, it's, it's harder than ever, I think, to do it nowadays with social media, the phone, um, the constant texting and the messaging. And, and, you know, for your listeners out there, it's hard. So one of the things that I'm striving for, and I still haven't gotten that successful on this, I'm always going to show, I'm always going to shine the light on when I'm, when I am and when I'm not successful. And uh, <laughs> I'm trying to get right with the phone over the weekend. So I'm trying to take a three hour, I know it's small, but I'm trying to take three hours away from the phone sometime when I'm not working and it's, I've gotten about an hour and 10 minutes so far. <laughs> so I'm really happy about that. I mean, some people would say that's a crime. Um, my husband thinks I'm crazy. You know, he takes a full day off on Sunday from his phone if he possibly can. Um, but I'm at an hour and 10 minutes on a Sunday. So I'm, I'm resonating with that. That's, that's what I'm working on in place to be just within myself, you know, just really getting, um, getting really continuing to connect with myself so that when I am on my own and I am with me, I feel good about being in my own skin. And that's, you can't, you can't, once you get that, you can go anywhere. Once you can get that, you can do whatever you want to do because then it doesn't matter anymore. You know, it's like, and then once you get there, people all want to be around you anyway, which is crazy. You know what I mean? Like you finally start looking for solitude and then it's like the masses come in, you know, and you're just like, you're like, Oh, okay. Well, okay. And then you start realizing, isn't that crazy? Totally. It's so true though. It's like right when you don't need something, like if you didn't want oh. you had like the whole a whole truckload of pets 
You know Pez? Yes, I, I love Pez dispensers. Right here. So, so and it, see, let's say you get a whole truckload of Pez, and you don't need any more Pez for the rest of your life. You know what I mean? Literally, I'm telling you, like 100 people will show up to your office with Pez, and you'll be like, uh, thank, thank you for all the thanks, thanks for, you know, because you don't need it anymore, you know? And so that's, that's kind of my life, uh, my life thing is that once you figure that out, then, then people want to give it to you. It's very interesting. It, it is interesting. And the, the, most paradoxical experience of life, right? And and people listening out there, like, amen to Ashley. Look in your own life and see where that is true. Where is it? What's that thing that you finally relinquished the need for? And you're like, all right, I don't need that anymore. Boom. See how it has come flooding in. And of course, that is also, we. if you want to then, if you want like the answer to how do I get what I want, well, go ahead and just flip that around come to a place of no longer needing it. And it, but, but this is sneaky because then you can't do it because you really still want it. <laughs> you, can't, you can't be like, well, I don't need that anymore because I really want it. No, so then that's where you got to get real. That's where the mind and ego can get real, real sneaky with us. So anyway, thank you, Ashley. Another fantastic answer. That was beautiful. I love both of those. The, the challenge, and I'm going to take on this, like how many hours on a weekend can I go without the phone? And place to be is with yourself gorgeous. Okay. Last question. What's a favorite book that has inspired you on your journey? Hmm. Favorite book. I'm looking at my bookcase right now in my office. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. hum, 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 hum. I'm trying to think about what that would be. I, uh, hmm, I have some great books up there, but I don't know. I don't, I, um, hmm, you stumped me on this one. Um, <laughs> this can be super easy for some people and really challenging for others for different reasons even, but yeah, I'm, I know my book. I know it. Okay. Uh, I was a kid, it's a kid and, uh, Christmas, I was six years old and uh, I asked for like a Barbie something and I got a Barbie something, but I got a book and my, uh, we, my parents did stockings for Christmas, you know, and, um, not, not for against stockings, just, they did. <laughs> and, uh, and there was a little book in there and it was like a little paperback book and it was like a long book and you kind of flipped it and each day it said life's little instruction book. And, uh, as a kid, and I remember, I think it was number 13, if you're in a fight, hit first and hit hard. <laughs> and I'll remember that always. And uh, that is probably um, my favorite book because, remember, I've always been looking for the instructions, and so that was, that was it. Um, so I, I used to have that book for a long time. I don't know where it is now, but I had it at least until the last five years. Wow. My my body literally like lit up from the inside out when you said the name of that book. I said, oh, you brought it all full circle. That was so <laughs> perfect. So perfect. Oh, my goodness. Ashley, I have had a tremendous delight. It has been a tremendous delight to, to talk with you. I, I've, I've laughed. I have felt deep, deep um, emotions and chills and all of the things in your presence. So thank you for sharing yourself so deeply, so vulnerably, uh, so wisely with us today. It has, it has definitely inspired me. 
Thank you. And, and I, I love what you're doing and I want to have you on my show. Um, and I would love for you to inspire my listeners. Uh, you know, I connect and resonate with you at a high level and um, I just think you have a lot to provide the world. And I'm just grateful that you asked me to be on your show. Absolutely. It would be my true pleasure to, to be on yours. And for those listening, please find Ashley. Go out, watch her show on Amazon. Uh, check out her book, How to Live Your True Life. We'll make sure there are links in the show notes and then go to her website. Everything's there, ashleyburgess.com. And that is Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-Y-B-E-R-G-E-S dot com. And uh, I know she will have more wisdom and insight and uh, inspiration and many perspectives to share with you. Thank you for tuning in and listening. If you liked this show, I will ask that you share it, like it, review it, rate it, do whatever you can do to spread these messages far and wide. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already, because of course I'm having so many incredible guests like Ashley on the show every week, and I don't want you to miss a single one of them. Thank you for tuning in, spending your time with us, and until next time, many blessings.